Christ and culture. We go. Um, this episode is gonna be pretty interesting in light of Black History Month. We're gonna attack the uh, subject of Christianity and uh, racism in Christianity. So uh, with that, just sit back, you know, buckle up, do whatever you gotta do. Go get you your popcorn, your ice cream, whatever you need, your Coca Cola, whatever, water. and just get ready. Your water. <laughs> yeah, you get your water too. Uh, but we're going to start off with these introductions, and they're going to be a little bit different this time. All right. Hi, everybody. My name is Alvona. I grew up in Boston in a very diverse community. I'm ethnically Jamaican, so we also have the Caribbean community aspect that I'll be bringing to this conversation. Nicole? Hi, I'm Nicole Chung. I'm from San Diego, California, so I'm going to bring a more local perspective. <laughs> and what is local? And local, we're shot here in San Diego, and I was born and raised here, so San Diego, California. Okay. Well, um, name's Jelani. Um, born and raised here, so I'll also be bringing the local. And the youth. Also. And the youth. Like a younger, I mean, you're dealing with people that's approaching 40. You ain't even 30. So, and the youth. And then we, we got a, we have a, that. we have a off voice, or off voice, <laughs> an off camera <laughs> voice. Um, and Jessica, she's from San Diego as well, and she is not invented yet, hopefully. What you doing? Didn't I just I'm say? Just say. <laughs> and she was also, she also grew up here in San Diego, and of course y'all know who it is. It's the one and only. It's me. Born and reared. Selma, Alabama. Went to high school. 99.9% black, baby. Yeah, <laughs> Selma to Montgomery, where I'm from. And with that, uh, we're going to get into it. But uh, so let's just start off with the question that I posed, you know, like, can you really be a true follower of Christ and love God and be racist? Yeah. What are we going to say? Huh? What you say? You can't be a true follower, follower of Christ and be racist. It's it's impossible because it's not the characteristic of God. When you think of God, you know, God, you know, when he in the beginning, God created heaven and earth, you go down the whole storyline, it was just man and woman. It was just the human race. Mm -hmm. And that was that. The bottom line. And even later on in scripture, like God is it's all about like, yo, we are from him, we are royalty. We are all are. He doesn't say if you're white, you're from royalty. Like he's saying, we are. If we put our, if our identity is in Christ, which all of us have that opportunity, once as soon as we, whether we accept it or not, like that is our identity, bottom line. And so, if that's our identity, which is what he said it is, then we are all just a human being. We are all royalty, and that is the bottom line. And because of that. Like, we are all in the same boat. We are all sinners. We all are in need of grace. And um, 
that's bottom line. Like, yeah, we have different stone cold skin tones. Yeah, we got different skin tones. You know, we ain't blind like we ain't got like different skin tones. But at the end of the day, God still treats all of us the same. Yeah. And so you just can't claim that you're a Christian, but you are a racist towards others. You can't truly claim it. You know, we all fall short, you know, at times, but you can't truly claim and profess the name of God and you're out here hating um, whatever race that you might hate and treat them differently. So okay. here's the other piece, though. How many people do you know may not prefer other ethnicities and don't call themselves racist? Because how many I've been around Caucasian Christians that are very much set in their ways and they don't think that they're racist, but there's not one black person in their, their congregation. And on top of that, they don't allow their student, maybe they don't allow their kids to play with other black kids. Maybe it's because they don't live in the, in the black neighborhood. And they would say stuff like, I would never live in that, that neighborhood, mm -hmm. but they're Christians. Um, I get it. Oh yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. um. <laughs> and it may not be a Caucasian. I know. No, no, I, that's not even what I was talking. I was gonna say, there's a difference between being racist and being biased against something. So, not saying these people you talk to may not be racist. So go with the definition. But of what you are saying says more bias than. Racism because oh, you want to yeah go go with oh, the definition y'all is his definition that's so what the people young, understand what's that's what the two. young Padawan wants got it all right for y'all at home the definition of racism is as a noun the prejudice that members of one race are intrinsically superior I got it right first try I was struggling y'all with that word earlier superior to members of other races. So, that's and set up saying. systems to support it. We have course, to have the systems. Right, absolutely. But it's just saying that basically racism means that you feel like your race mm. is superior to. So, hold on, but in this case that um, Nicole had mentioned, we can say the bias would be that they don't have anyone of another culture around them. But, but then the system is when they say, oh, I would never live in that neighborhood because one, they have the option not to. That. They have the systemic evolution yes. of economic yes. power and economic freedom to yes. live and choose where they live yes. and choose where their money and their dollars go to. Whereas historically, African-Americans in this country have not. So that's where would that's where the racism part would come in come if in. she wanted to exactly make it. that argument. That's I'm not saying that she has to, but... No, that's the argument. Here's the deal. Where am I from? Selma, Selma. Alabama. Mm -hmm. As of right now, I think it's like 80 plus percent black and white, right? right? The white people in Selma live in the same neighborhoods as black people. And I'm not going to say that they're not racist. And they have the choice mm -hmm. to live there. They can choose, but Selma is a very low cost of living type of deal. Mm -hmm. So, in my opinion, these, like, the, the people in your scenario, um, I really feel like ignorance is bliss. And to me, in my, the way I see it is, there's a difference between it being ignorant to something mm -hmm. and being racist towards it. So, 
if the people that you're in your scenario have never had the opportunity to interact with anyone of a different race. Because let's just say they grew up in Utah. And we know Utah is... Just black folks in Utah. But it's, pr- it's pretty... <laughs> we it's, it's pretty pale in Utah. All right? <laughs> pretty pale. All right? But let's just say, like, you're going to... I guess what I'm saying, in Utah, you're going to be more likely to see neighborhoods that are literally 100% white than you are in California, Alabama, or anywhere... Even in Boston, you're gonna be less likely to see those type of neighborhoods than you are in Utah. So it's it's what you're, why here is it's, it's, it's a culture. It's a, it's a culture and where you where you yeah. live in depends on if you kind of get put in that scenario. Because like me being in the Navy, I've come across a number of white people that have never interacted with a black person until they join the Navy. Right. Never. And they love black people, they love Asian people, but they had never had the opportunity and all they knew was what they had heard, what they had oh, learned. Mm-hmm. So, so they were just ignorant. So I have a question, and it, and it, and it goes to your question, kind of. Can you be a Christian and, and say with power, black lives matter? You shouldn't be saying black lives matter, you should be saying all lives matter. And, and hold to that and cannot get past that. A, does that make you racist? So, I'm going to hit A. Let me hit A. Wait, wait, okay. Because she, what she said off camera deals with A. Okay. And that's the, remember we were talking about culture and she was like, you want to hold on to? Mm-hmm. So when people say, or when we say black lives matter, right. people that aren't black probably feel left out but that is when they need to look at it in a different lens as you said as jessica said look at it in a different lens as why do i feel some type of way when they say black lives matter versus when i say all lives matter you get what i mean so no, it's I what you're saying. so i mean i don't necessarily i think when people say all lives matter in my mind that meter is doing this like if you were if you were non-racist and in my mind, and then you, I say Black Lives Matter. You're like, well, don't all okay. Now we the meter starts to do this because now I, I, me personally, I'm gonna start asking those hard questions to really see. So the definition, can we get the definition one more time? When one you racist. Now I'm paraphrasing, yeah, but yeah. basically, when you, when one person of one race feels like they are intrinsically yeah. superior to someone based of another race based on their race. So now your mindset. Is superior to mine because you think all lives matter when the entire world and all of this time that's, black lives are still dealing with A, B, C, D, and E, and that's something you don't even have to worry about. So when that question comes, you can at rip say okay. all lives should matter. That is your privilege. So okay, check this Sorry, out. Sorry, hold on. Let me let me let me let me go ahead. And, all right, so let's take this person <laughs> that grew up that grew up in a in poverty. That's right. They grew up in poverty. And you know what I'm saying? They may not have grown up with black people, but they grew up in poverty. Poverty. And they may have had bad run-ins with the police. They may have had white friends killed by the police. Because as much as the news sensationalizes it, other races get killed by cops too. They do. So if 
I'm a white person from a poverty era, a poverty stricken era area, and I have a friend who's white as well, and say to the same thing that happened to Eric Gardner happened to my white friend, but it didn't get on CNN, it didn't make it to Fox News, it didn't make it to MSNBC, and you come up to me saying Black Lives Matter. Wait a minute, my childhood friends had the same thing happen. All Lives Matter doesn't make me racist. Or does that make me feel like you don't understand my struggle? You're only focused on your struggle. Are you asking us to side and to empathize with this nation's oppressor at the moment? What I'm asking you that's to what do. I'm hearing. What I'm asking, <laughs> what I'm asking you and all people who consider themselves to be Christian and really love God is to remove one, let's take the whole idea of like race out of it. Cause I now believe, truly believe, know, that there's only one race. We're just different hues, human, mm-hmm. hues of the same race. So, like Jelani said earlier, in the beginning, it didn't say I created God created the black man and the black woman. It just said God created man and then woman. Right? So, all I want to do is get race out. And this is not just with black people. This is with the oppressors as well because mm-hmm. they oppress because they think that their fair skin means something, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. Because, I mean, we literally, there was, a, in history, one guy said a white skull meant that they had bigger, like they were smarter because the skull was white, which is the dumbest thing, because if I take a black person's skull and, like, a head and let it deteriorate until it gets to the skull, it'll be white. Right. But that was literally one of the reasonings behind white people being Superior because of the white they saw a white school, but um, all I'm not saying side with it. I'm saying side with God. Like, be, like you. Can, I just truly believe you can't say I love God. I want because these same people that we are quote unquote hating because that like I said that all lives matter person may not be racist. They may literally just be ignorant. And when this world comes to an end and we chilling in heaven, we're going to see that same person we thought was a racist. Is that not the case that can happen? No, I, I agree that can happen, but it's 2023. Yeah. If you thought all lives mattered in 2020 and you have not done due diligence to see what that actually means, that's not just being ignorant. That's you choosing to stand on your own word, which is not. But ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. As long as I'm ignorant. You can't use the same. As long as I'm ignorant, I'm happy. And we, everybody in this room is going to choose happiness. But if you're operating, if you're operating and you have the. But no, because if you're a Christian. That's a fact. Right. So to go back to your original question, can Christians be racist? Absolutely. Yes. That's my response. Now, can someone who's striving to the ideals of a godlike life and trying to mirror God's um, likeness on earth be racist? No. Well, right? Because then you're, you're, you're trying, you're striving, you. right? But you. anyone can, you can, people say, you know, they're Catholic and they go to church twice a year. People say that they're Christian and never, never step foot in church. Like, you can definitely 
go to church every single Saturday, every single Sunday, and still be racist. You can still definitely benefit from all the systems. You can still, yeah, exactly. Like you can, you can be a car in a garage and never go anywhere. Yeah. So I say yes to answer that question. Yeah. But then we do also have to consider, okay, you're looking at the human race and in its entirety. We have to also look at sin as a sin problem. So if you look at race as a sin problem, it's like, so can someone be delivered from racism? And would you believe them if they had? That's can someone be... That's the thing. Absolutely. Well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what, what do you guys think about that? I definitely think you can be delivered mm-hmm. from being oh, racist. Yeah. It's, well, whole it's all about the, act- the action of, of it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure... I'm, I can't even think. I'm sure there's somebody, <laughs> somebody <laughs> out there, but... I'll give you an example. Give me an example. I know there's someone. I can't think of, can't think of the <laughs> best. I've never seen black people. Okay, so I've had a friend. I have a friend. She's married to a black man. She is Peruvian and maybe Puerto Rican. Afro-Latina. Ask her, and no shade to her, but ask her. She understands that there could be some African descent, but many times and oftentimes, mm-hmm. they do not. Mm-hmm. If you That's had asked her six months to a year ago, if she had black in her, she'd be like, no, I'm Peruvian and I'm whatever. Mm-hmm. Because historically, yeah, that, that was part that's of the, the, so, the colonization. That part. So, but her husband is black. Her children are presenting as black. One of her sons looks more Hispanic than black, but the other son essentially is my, my tone, but has like more black, more black, like exactly. And then her little girl looks like, like essentially looks like me, but they cannot pass as anything other than black. When all of this stuff happened in 2020, I don't necessarily think that she got it in that moment. However, she took some classes. She's a social work major, master's in social work. It wasn't until she took a class that really broke down who we are and our struggles and some of the other stuff that she like had to sit there and say, like, dang, this whole time, Nicole, you're talking to me. And I'm kind of like, but we're Christians. And then finally it hit me like, dang, y'all really do have a whole different struggle than what I have. Mm-hmm. Like in my son, and she knew this a little bit because her son, like there have been some things that have gone on without telling too much of their story that he cannot, like he can get in trouble just like any other black male can get in trouble. And it's the grace of God that she sees that he has been able to get through that stuff unscathed, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But not because of the color of his skin. And she is now really conscious of that and the way that she interacts is different now i think that is and i can't say because she's not necessarily the race ethnicity right that's like has the power but sometimes your mindset like when you you are not black like we are your mindset is very much different different it's it, they can say stuff like oh just black people deal with that or mm-hmm. they can remove themselves from that situation she now knows because of her well, children, we have the she same can no thing. longer well, yeah i was gonna say we have the same thing being first gen here and you hear it from caribbean folks you hear it from african folks you hear it from asian folks like literally everybody except african americans you know born and rooted in this country because there is still a divisiveness and an idea that we're not like them Right, is and it's racism? until you do. Oh, no, so that's not that, the racism, I, on, but I'm just saying in terms of the education. Because no, when I it comes do, to the education, ask, hold on, I do think when it comes to that part, I do think that just being somebody who, like, is third, fourth generation, like American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think that people that come from other countries mm-hmm. into America, 
like feel like they're superior, even yeah. though they're black, they're superior to right. the yeah. American without the, black. Without the historical yeah. context, they feel that like they're superior a lot. To and that's where the, the education black. comes and in. And I, I feel like so, that part is racist. And especially if you come in here, yeah. but it's not, it's still not racist for it's them. It's more culturalistic. Once you, once you come into this country, then you, 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 you whether you're, you're from right. Nigeria, Ghana, Jamaica, you know, oh, even the Dominicans, like yeah. they come here. Yeah. It does not matter. Once right. you're here, you are no, black. They just consider you African American, and you will be treated as such, and very quickly realize like hey Unless even though in my head point. I thought we were different right. in this country we're the same yeah. matter of fact there was a period I think it was during 2020 when they were issuing um, those travel advisories you know like normally if there's civil unrest to the whole country yeah they were issuing travel advisories to the African countries like yeah. yo it's not safe for you guys yeah. to go to America right yeah. now yeah. like so there oh, is, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah there's yes. that aspect yes. of it but in terms of you know striving to be Christians right right and striving for a more ideal life and idealized society. It's like, right. what do you think about, like, if you get to heaven and it's segregated? I mean, if I get to heaven and it's segregated, I'd be like, well, I guess they was right down there. I guess they got it right and I was wrong. Appreciate you, God, for forgiving me for my but, but, because I, if you only grew up in 99% and that's all you know, say you never came never out came of you never went Oh, yeah. But for you, like you go into a multi Cultural-culturally-confusing-culturally-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing-confusing
I got a really good friend. He's one of my groomsmen in my upcoming wedding. Named Ty. His father's black. His mother's white. And um, I, I mean, he, he educated me a lot. But I used to call him a mulatto. Not knowing that was a derogatory term. Because mm -hmm. I'm from Alabama. We say things like that. But anyway, I used to tell him. Like, you have enjoyed a certain level of freedom that I haven't. Because he has had the opportunity for people to think he was a tanned white person. Versus me. Ain't nobody confusing me with a tanned nothing. You know what I'm saying? So, in that aspect, there's a certain level of freedom. Like, I can walk into, you can feel like you can walk into certain places. And people be like... But the whole time, he really, really black. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I what I mean when I say that. Like when it's privilege, I think privilege is ignorance and naivety like together because you are so naive because you grew up in this place where it was, you know, the roses didn't smell like boo-boo. You know what I'm saying? And you were able to matriculate down a line, a smooth line, really no so, obstacles. So with that being said, I'm going to use your term of privilege because I consider that, I consider privilege a little bit differently. But in terms of what you just said, then you also were privileged oh, right, oh, in I terms don't of deny it. racism in the church because oh, yeah, we were talking I'm... about racism in Christianity, oh, but racism in, all in the church. Churches. Yeah, so you have a different yeah. privilege of having a whole different experience. I wholeheartedly do. <laughs> I have so talking with this group that I'm in here with, I have a number of privileges that you guys don't have. Like I grew up in an all black church. Really, my first church I went to was a family church. My dad's family ran that church, so I went to that church. And then the church after I became a teenager was a black Baptist church. And then I went to a black Kojic church. So <laughs> I've always been in a black church, but the privilege that I have had that you guys didn't have, and probably you two, did you go to Oakwood? No. You, you two didn't get it until you went to Oakwood was, I went to a 99.9% .9 black school right. taught by like 70% black teachers. Sure, yeah. So right. I, have a, I really have a privilege yeah. that in Southern California. Whereas I can count my black teachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I hate when people do this and be like, uh, when they say white people are black. But I got a teacher named Miss Spivey. I mean, she was my 11th grade history teacher. Only thing white about her was her skin tone. She was the one put me on, like, these different um, abolitionists or these people that stood against racism, like the Marcus Garvey. Like, I was ignorant to that. Like, And for me, I really subscribe to people that, and I'm not saying you all have to be teachers like her, yeah, yeah. but I think when you are of inspired. a different ethnicity and you say that you're a Christian, you should be an activist. Oh, yeah. You should be saying the things that other people can't say. You should be promoting a lifestyle that says Black Lives Matter and be able to debate with anybody why that's important because you understand in your privilege what it is that you should be doing. Hold on now. I got you. I'm finna go take it. I'm finna drive that knife a little bit. I'm finna drive it a little bit more. Lord. Because four of us in this room, and hopefully one day, if you make that choice, um, Adventists should 
yeah, be I was gonna mention that. standing in opposition. Like, if you consider yourself an inventive, right. no one should ever hear you say all that matter. Especially when the faith, the Millerism faith, was built on the abolition, the abolitionist movement. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Real, real but that's history, and not everyone knows so, that. Yeah, so, real quick, yeah. just give a small the Millerism, just so they. Because people won't know. Yeah, because yeah. that is. Oh, so, I mean, I don't know, like, I just did a little, a little bit of research, and I just know that. To, in my, how it works in my mind before we were called. Because Miller was one of the, the founders of, of the Adventist yes. church. Yes. Look at that. My mom didn't waste her money. I'm going to tell you why. I don't know much, but Miller was the start. It was the, the founders uh, was about, it was Miller and a bunch of others. And it was the 18... The great, the great, dis, the, mm-hmm. the great disappointment, yeah. whatever. Separated. Yeah. Um, and pretty much, because I don't know much, you might know more than me, but pretty much they, after the great disappointment and stuff, they started the Adventist church. And so, um, like he was just saying, it's like, it started with the, the Miller movement yeah, and it kind of like Miller. progressed. And so you go in detail about just how they, well, I mean, I'm not just, I'm just to keep it on today's topic and that's, you know, dealing with race. Just if you look at the Millerites and the inventors that had been a part of either civil rights or abolition of the abolitionist movement, uh, so Sojourner Truth was a Millerite. She said she she started to separate herself after the Great Disappointment, mm-hmm. but she was a Millerite, um, and then later on an Adventist. Malcolm X grew up because of his mother as an Adventist and his mother is a silver was a civil rights activist in her own right. So just like if <laughs> I remember I was I was made somebody made a reference to this and I think it was E. E. Cle it was they, they made reference to an E. E. Cleveland sermon <laughs> where he said, if you black and you celebrating Sunday or you observing Sunday, that's the white man's day. So that is just to say, like, because I know I've encountered a few people that look like me that be like, Adventism is a cult, so forth and so on, that type of stuff. But they, you know, they go to church on Sunday. And we all know people that go to church on Sunday will still get a, they'll still make it to heaven because it'll come that time where it'll be like, come on up out of there. So we'll, they'll get the opportunity. But um, I say all that to say that Adventists in America, in America, Adventist, the Adventist church is the most diverse church in America. It has the most, it has the biggest mixture between black, white, Asian, and other races. Like, it has the biggest mix, even more than the Catholic church, even more than Kojic church, even more than the Southern Baptist. Like, it is the most diverse church in America. So... And it is, it, it's so crazy to say that our church has is the most diverse when it has its own issues with race inside. But that's neither here nor there. It's just, you know, I ain't, it's, this is kind of, to y'all, this is kind of my Suge Knight moment. You know what I'm saying? Dude. Come to death row. You know what I'm saying? Suge Knight moment. What <laughs> is going on? I wonder when I say like... The man's a murderer. <laughs> no, no. But before you were born, you did a Suge Knight moment. Off camera voice. I was 
to say, I wonder when thinking about it being the most diverse church in America, I wonder if though those churches are still segregated. Because whenever yeah. I go to an Adventist church, it's either all black or all white or all something. I've never no. seen no. Korean, all Filipino. No, I've never seen like an Adventist church. That, and I and I don't know, like you know, I'm I'm not Adventist, so I don't know. I'm not. I haven't been to a lot of services. But yeah, I'm, but I'm curious. I'm curious as to like what that looks like across the country. It's it it's like your organization is very is it is very segregated. Um, it's like even hard to say because even because I have the experience. We have the experience of going to church, Adventist Church in Alabama. Oh and well, listen, brother. And so Adventist Church is church in Alabama are ninety nine percent black. I'm sure there's there. a couple right. other ones that yeah, are predominantly white. You know, but then you come here, it's very, it's very segregated. There are the black churches, the Mexican churches, the Asians, and then you have the couple that are like the they're, they're, they're mixed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just like, I, to be honest, like, it's crazy to think about, but I don't even know why that is. It's like kind of. Oh, I know. So, I know exactly why. Right. But I was going to say, before you say that, like, growing up in Boston, they definitely had the segregated churches, but there was also the collaborative um, multiracial church. But even in that, it was still of a Europeanization yeah. um, yeah. cultural worship style. Yeah. So it was still a little yeah. different in yeah. terms yeah. of, you know, different worship styles. But I've seen it. And I'm there have definitely worship. been, you know, especially when we do conferences. Especially when we do like conferences and stuff and you get everyone together. There's sometimes, especially being someone that's usually on a praise team and we're actually able to look out into the audience. There are sometimes when I'm almost moved to tears and I'm like, this might be what heaven looks like. Because you see all the races, you see all the generations, you see different cultures. And it's not a common thing, but on the times that it's happened, it's been such a beautiful thing because we're all at the time elevating our praises to God, to the yeah. most high. Yeah, for and sure. Going, and I would even say, going back to what Oscar was saying about even with the history of Seventh-day Adventism being founded on like the, the idea of, like, of getting rid of that segregation. Mm -hmm. It was slavery at the time. They were getting, getting rid of, rid of slavery. slavery. Getting rid of that. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that someone who is Adventist or someone who is black, even supporting of black people, can't say all lives matter. Because at the end of the day, if it's about God and it's about like loving people, then I think you can say both. You can recognize that black lives matter. I think the problem people have with all lives matter is that it was a response to, to black, black lives matter. Black lives matter. And it doesn't make it less true. Yeah. So but I think the idea of where it came from messes up what the point of it is yes. but I think that if you get to the root of it which is where like even as Christians we have to get to the root of like it's not about the denomination it's not about like whether you go to white church black church whatever it's about the the root right so it's kind of like you can love all people you can support as heavy and as hard as we go for black lives matter because I, I believe black lives matter I should go for my Asian brothers and sisters who are dealing with their own struggles and my other people, and even though I live in America, who's to say, like, I, I shouldn't love my American people more than I love exactly. my right. people who don't live here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like when, when we get to heaven, like, if all my prayers are only for the mm -hmm. people I know and the people who look like me, then that's, that's void. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It should be for everyone, mm -hmm. you know? But what the All Lives Matter people 
didn't hear because it wasn't mm. said with Black Lives Matter. It wasn't Black Lives Matter more than white. Right, right, right. It, it was, literally was, it was a, a Black a, Lives Matters too. Right. Yeah, because at that point in time, at that point in time, it was happening pretty often exactly. where someone was dying brutally at the hands of a, a, a law enforcement uh, individual. So I, what people didn't get in that, I think it I'm telling you, that man, that 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 doggone, that roaring lion, that serpent, mm-hmm. he he slickered in a can of oil. Oh, he slickered in a can of oil because he's always right. going to find a way to create confusion because we know right. Right. Babylon is confusion. Exactly. And he's always going to find a way to separate. Right. Because as long as you're separated, you can't come together and worship like God, as we should, right? Exactly. And I want to go to the segregated part because oh, okay. my parents divorced when I was eight, and my mom decided she was going to go to another church. It was Bonita, in case y'all y'all mm-hmm. know, it's, it's a more. They actually have a diverse like mm-hmm. like we weren't the only black family, and then there wasn't just white families. There were all kind of, mm-hmm. but they did run their church very Eurocentrically. If does that sound mm-hmm. good, Eurocentrically? It looks like what it is. The they first ran it right. I went. I said, "Mom, can we go back to church?" <laughs> and it, it it wasn't because and my school friends were there. Like I saw my friends, my classmates at first block. But I know the way that I prefer to worship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to y'all could be Hispanic up there singing the praises with the drums and all the things that we there do is. because that's my preference. So I think when I, it comes to Adventist and being segregated. The only reason why it matters to me is financially. Because if I see, and we talked about this, and maybe we'll get into it later, but if I'm seeing a Caucasian church or a Hispanic church that has more financially and all the money is going to one pot, and we're sitting here in the hood and we don't have the things that we need to have, but it's supposed to be spread, which you explain, and we won't explain here because it's a whole big story. That's the only reason why it matters to me because at the end of the day, we're not getting the same the same treatment by like the conference that was the entire basis of integration though because before before integrationists there was separate but equal and that would have been sustainable if it were actually equal but it never was and it was never designed to be so that's when integration became the goal and all these different methods of integration were a factor but coming back to it and just thinking about our days and what we have to do in our day and what our focus is if we're trying to be more godlike and we're trying to be more <clears throat> followers of Christ, we honestly have to put your focus on it. Because wherever your focus is, that is what you're going to be thinking about throughout the day. So there are a lot of factors that are happening and there are things that we should not be ignorant to by any means. Right, and, and that goes for all the different races and struggles. Because as a plant, transplant to San Diego... I remember when I got here and I was like, well, they treat the Mexicans like the black people back east. <laughs> and that was just a whole new thing. And I have some Mexican friends that were like able to school me on some of the stuff that was going yeah. on out here. And I was like, whoa, like, mm-hmm. okay. I was like, so how you guys feel? That's how black folk feel <laughs> on the east coast, you know? And just knowing that there's a different struggle and that we have to um, work within it, but also progress from out of it. Right. So our generation 
has the responsibility of educating the next generation below us so that things are not the same. Because unfortunately, especially with the rampantness of social media, the stuff that these kids are putting out is just as racist, if not more so, than the stuff of the great-grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a problem, and it's our generation that should have fixed that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, but, I, I mean, hold on. My only like, my only thing was when you said our generation should have been the people to figure hold up now. To help. Okay. The ones who have okay. children. Okay. Okay. The ones cool, who have cool, children. Cool, cool. Okay. And as a community. I, I, I can take that. I can take that. I can take that. No, but as a community, because we yeah. were even just talking about something like just in terms of the church eldership, and I'm like, when I think back to it, I'm like, okay, those who were in their thirties were the ones who were mainly the ones that we looked up to. Yeah. When we were kids. Yeah. And so are the kids nowadays looking up to us like that? Yeah, are we know. providing that same kind of resource? Are we passing down the information that's been generationally inscribed into us to the next generation so that they know what has happened and so that we don't repeat the 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 not just the cycles, but don't repeat the follies of our past, but also know what has happened. So when things happen in this generation, you're not surprised by it. I heard a little kid at church say they wanted to be like Alvano when they grow up. So. Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, great kid. Good job. But I don't believe that. But, uh, <laughs> no. Um, but you said, what you when you said the thing about our generation, and because we're in Black History Month, and mm-hmm. we are talking about race, and like I told I told everybody before, camp, uh, before we started to record, about, like, my grandfather, I have a grandfather, my mom's, that uh, he was uh, the first person in my family to be literally born free, and he was born in 1900. So, uh, and we'll close out, and we can get our uh, outros after this. For you, for everybody that's watching, that feels like racism was so long ago that uh, we should get over it. That happened so long ago or whatever. My granddad, not my great granddad, not his father, but my grandfather was the first person in my bloodline on my mom's side to be born free. And he was born in 1900. My mother who was born in the 50s had the opportunity to sit at elders feet and hear stories. My mother had the opportunity to hear stories about how these people were sold. I mean, so let's just not get let's let's kill the idea that uh, uh, slavery was so so long ago. And I heard Chris Rock say in an interview or in a whatever that uh, <laughs> what did he say? Jesus, help him, please. <laughs> uh, anyway, he was talking about how really bad it was with the. Uh, oh, slavery didn't end with the Emancipation Proclamation. Mm-hmm. Slavery ended in the 70s, technically, when they abolished Jim Crow. Because everything in Jim Crow was a means of continuing, continuing slavery. So. Do your research, look up the Millerite uh, movement, uh, look up Adventism and how all the civil rights people in Adventism, and because Jess is Seventh-day Baptist? 
non-denominational. Non-denominational. <laughs> seven day now. Anyway, I thought you were Baptist. I'm wrong. I grew but <laughs> seven day except the reason there was a, a seventh day Baptist that actually brought Miller to observing the Sabbath. You know, just a did you know. But with that, we're gonna go ahead and close it out. Jess, you can shoot, they, they can't see you, but you can shoot yourself, shout out your social, whatever you wanna do. <laughs> Jess, all right, go ahead. <laughs> All right, I just encourage everyone to really read and have a better understanding of not only where we are now, but where we have been in the past so that we know where we're going in the future. I concur with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I say, um, you know, really take the time to really see other views, um, other races. You know, it's not just African-American race. There's Hispanic people are dealing with stuff. We are all dealing with just different things. I think it's important to try to make yourself self-aware so that you're not running into a lot of the issues that we have talked about today. So it's just to to be mindful and it's just to take action. Yeah. Yeah. What they all say. And uh, we don't normally say this, but it's going to be a part of the ending from here on out. Like... Subscribe. Uh, subscribe. Comment. And share. And share. Crazy yeah. culture. We'll catch you here next month. Peace. Mm. Your love, it tastes so sweet. There's nothing like it. There's nothing that compares to the way I feel when I'm lost inside you. I just lose treasure.